Now it's time to take a look at our wallets through the lens of the sky. Hi, Thomas Miller on the Fun Astrology Saturday Edition Financial Astrology Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different because the MMA Cycles newsletter that we typically read on Saturdays, it's a little short and skinny today. So I'm going to hit the high spots of the good parts. Then I'll refer you to the website, MMACycles.com, to read the free edition that appears right up at the top. You click a couple of links and you're in. You can also subscribe to this, which I do, and that's a good thing to do because then it's delivered into your inbox on generally Friday evenings. Now, we are going to just hit some high spots on the newsletter here, but I had a listener request that I just put together a highlights, bullet point, simple sheet, you know, a one-sheet kind of thing of financial astrology. So, Julie, great suggestion. I got your message, and yes, I'm going to do that. Now, if you want, I'm Ray Merriman, one of the reasons I'm so excited about his granting us permission to do this and having been able to narrate those books for him this year, is this guy's been doing this since the 1970s, and he really is truly established as the dean. He's respected as the dean of financial astrology. There's really one other person, Bill Meridian, if you would like to put him on your list. These two guys have really brought forward financial astrology into our generation. Ray has written a number of books over the years, and those are all available on MMACycles.com. So it's a great resource. But yes, I will do a fun astrology version of it. Now, for the newsletter, going to really hit the high spots because basically he did the market summary and then the second half talks about presidential politics. And I'll, like I said, I'll just refer you to the newsletter for that. But what he does say, and putting a couple of pieces together here, the markets spun on a dime in the second half of this week, and broadly, the market report across the board, up, up, and up. Now, Ray says this, remember that it is time for multiple false buy and sell signals, otherwise known as fakeouts in the vernacular of the trickster, Mercury in retrograde. He will be around and around and around <laughs> until May 14th which is why we usually take this time off from position trading and from pronouncing bold or serious predictions, focusing instead only on aggressive short-term trades every one to four days. We will let others get dizzy making and then reversing stunning predictions in pursuit of meaningless certainties amidst the trickster's booby traps. And then he notes the looming T-square, May 16th to 23rd, between Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto. This is a confluence of very hard aspects that coincide with hysteria. And Jupiter square Pluto does have a history of correlating with financial panics, maybe 50% of the time when they are within a four-month orb. This is approaching fast, in line with the time when the U.S. Treasury will run out of tricks to pay its debts. Along the way, the Sun will conjoin Uranus, disruption, on May 9th, in Taurus, the sign of money. I think we will see very huge movements in financial markets around that time, lasting through May 23rd and maybe beyond. The trickster's cycle may be technically over on May 14th, when Mercury turns direct again, 
but his influence will still be present for a few days afterwards. It could get dicey for the financial markets. Now, like I said, and Ray said, this is newsletter light for this week, but of course what was not mentioned is the second eclipse on May 5th. That one, Mercury will be retrograde. When we had the solar eclipse on April 20th, Mercury was one day away from retrograde, still technically direct. Here it is very much retrograde. It will be in a three-degree orb sextile to Saturn, and Saturn will be in a one-degree orb of a trine to the south node of the moon. And also of note, while we're on this, that the nodes of the moon are at four degrees now, so they are getting ready to enter that three-degree window, and then they change signs, I believe it's in mid-July. And of course, they will be moving into what is my nodal axis, Aries Libra. Now, over on Twitter, Ray and his team post frequently, and one of the conversations around this timing that he had on Twitter this week was that basically between now and this May 16th time frame, so Mercury will be direct again, and then we have this T-square between Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto, that he is expecting a rally, perhaps even to a top, and then a slide down from there. The other thing that is not mentioned in this week's newsletter is that yesterday, First Republic Bank, too big to fail bank number 14, their stock price crashed to near nothing, and now it's all over the headlines that it looks like the FDIC is going to be taking it over. The last time that happened was on a Sunday night. Who knows? Maybe Monday. But here we go again with another huge bank that the FDIC, I don't know what the assets are, may or may not have the capacity, the money in their bank, the funds to bail out which you know what that means, crank up the presses, or not. See, this is the dilemma. These big banks, the FDIC does not have enough funding to bail one of them out, much less now three. Well, the market knew this yesterday and totally ignored it, just going up to the clouds yesterday. All day the market was up and it closed up. Reminded me of 2021's trading. And back then, you would watch this, and a lot of the money would come in overnight. And I get up at around 3 in the morning now, and I focus on the London markets there for an hour or two, because that's when a lot of this action is happening. That took place a couple of years ago, when the market was staircased up to its top there in January of 2022. Well, then it's come out. What I expected as I was looking at this is, where is this coming? This is not coming from traders or institutions. No institutions are moving 401k money into the markets at 3 a.m. through the London market. Just no. Well, I'm not going to say this definitively because I, my eyes don't know, but I'm guessing that those big rallies and perhaps what's going on now is the Fed and the Treasury pumping money into the markets. And while we're at this, let's just review the United States chart real quick with its solar arc chart and then the transits. And I'm going to only highlight maybe two things. This does get a little heady, but go with me here. The United States Sibley chart of July 4th, 1776, 510 p.m. Philadelphia. There are two spotlight points on that chart. Of course, we've had the Pluto return to the United States chart. That happened all through last year. 
And even though Pluto has moved past that point, it will go back and kiss it again this year in retrograde. It won't get exactly direct, but it gets very close, like within a degree. So there's that. Don't think we're out of the woods on that yet. Then I'm looking at three charts. The United States chart, its solar arc chart, that's where the chart progresses one degree per year from the natal chart. And then, of course, where things are in the sky. Using solar arcs, you really, it's so simple because you just look for the tightest aspects you can find, especially conjunctions. Well, let's focus just on two. The United States moon is in Aquarius in the third house. The solar arc Mars is less than one degree, is about three quarters of a degree from hitting that moon. Now, this gets pretty simple because in mundane astrology, the moon represents the people of the country. If you took it one step further, you could even say the women of the country. Well, Mars, of course, in mundane interpretation is challenge, conflict. You could say war. So there's that aspect that is tightening up over this next year. Let's look at another one here. Solar arc Venus. United States solar arc Venus is also in the third house but it is in Pisces, 8 degrees Pisces. Saturn is at 5 degrees Pisces. So Saturn is moving toward that United States Venus. So with Venus, we are definitely talking about money. Transiting Saturn is about to cross over that. So there's another set of eyeballs, something to watch in this chart. The third thing is something that we've had our eye on for a long time. Robert Glasscock has been talking about this a lot. United States natal Mars is in Gemini, a dual sign, in the seventh house. Solar arc Saturn is now within a degree and a half of that natal Mars. I'll tell you what, when I started studying this chart, I learned so much about the DNA of the United States of America. And it, is, it was a hard pill to swallow. But in our DNA are baked a couple of things, and one of them is this. Mars, that conflict paradigm in the seventh house of partnerships, but what happens on the shadow side of partnerships? War and conflict. In Gemini, a sign of division, a sign of two, a sign of separateness. What normally would be one is now two, twins. Even this land that I am recording this on was affected by this back in the 1830s when the United States came into a peaceful area of peace-loving Indians and separated them through conflict. This has been going on in our country for a long time, and it's a dark, bitter pill to look at, but we have to in context of these days. So this country, since its inception, basically, has used war to divide. I would say there was a nice reprieve after World War II when the United States went to the fronts in Europe and in the Pacific and rebuilt. But that was the last time since. So solar arc Saturn is closing in on that Mars. And that's probably the one aspect out of all of the potentials in this chart that we really have to watch. So if we look at this, we have Mars aspecting the moon, conflict with the people. We have Saturn in the sky about to cross over Venus. Don't know about that, but here another bank tumbles as that aspect continues to close. And then we have the big one, the two malefics getting ready to conjoin. 
I've been hearing in our Facebook group just a lot of people feeling all of this, and I recorded a Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast yesterday, Friday. Subconscious help in troubling times. Might refer you to that, especially at the end. If you wanted to skip past all of my rambling, go to about the last four or five minutes, and there's a mantra in there and a meditation to lock it all in. That might be helpful for you. So we had an interesting week. Economic numbers indicated perhaps that the Fed's efforts are finally starting to show up. Seemed like that was one reason for the rally. Lots of earnings released this week. Tech was not as bad, perhaps, as expected. Bed Bath & Beyond, on the other hand, filing for bankruptcy. Now First Republic likely. That's all stuff of Mercury retrograde. Upcoming timeline, May 5th, the lunar eclipse. Moon in my chart set here with the Equal House system uh, to North Carolina will be 14 degrees Scorpio in the fourth house. Then about 10 days later, that big T-square that Ray was talking about with Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto. This is probably a pretty good dropping off point. If you want more, you can check out that Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast. It actually would flow quite well from this little point right here. So realize, as he said, that we're in this land of Mercury retrograde and flip-flops, reversals, trickster disruptions are all possible. So we just have to stay very flexible. I mean, the man doesn't write a newsletter during this time. Basically, that tells you something, doesn't it? He's only been doing this like 50 years. Have a great weekend. Sending you my heartfelt love. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I'll see you back here on Monday.